Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Gossip Podcast. This is episode 9 and finally Jamie's back in the hot seat. Hey welcome guys. How's it feel to be back? It's good. It's been a long, it's been a long while. Yeah it's been a long time. You couldn't be asked getting out of bed. That's, that's the reason. Yeah it's been a very few weeks where I've had motivation but this morning we're up already. Let's talk about today's episode. Basically, we're recording this not early in the morning. It's 10 o'clock, and it's not even that early. But Jamie's tired because he was up till 3 o'clock playing pro clubs. Was it pro clubs? No, it was foot champs. Yeah, foot champs. Foot champs weekend league. You know, your boys. What, what rank you at the moment? Um, I'm just shy of silver one. Competition's been open for a day. Played about 15 games. 10 wins. It's not bad. See, I was too just too scared to play foot champs. I always played. What's the other one? Oh, division rivals, the single player one. Well, when 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 um, Beeple was first out, I didn't play anything. I just played squad battles offline. <laughs> I always used to play that division rivals. You know the one that's like you choose the world. I always I managed to get up to world class, but I always used to do well on that. But I never played anything else. Yeah, I've been playing quite a bit of Beeple to be fair. I'm excited for Call of Duty to come out. Yeah, Call of Duty should be good. Looks good. Finally, not a shit cod. Yeah. Well, you know. I'll be even worse, so. <laughs> I still remember playing that tournament where we said, right, most kills win. You get, oh, I was a modern, it was a World War II one, wasn't it? Yeah, I get shipment. <laughs> you just ran in with a shotgun. I was like, this is not fair. Anyway, first topic. Oddly, as a big Tottenham fan, I'm not loving life at the moment. After losing, after conceding 10 goals in two games against Bayern Munich, fair enough, but fucking Brighton. It's a bit of a shit time. So, today we're going to discuss, is Poch's time up at Spurs? What do you think? It's a hard one, you know, because he's done a lot for the team. He's been there for a long time, and, you know, you've not started the season off very well, but there's still potential that things could go better. Yeah, because I think this is, I didn't even realise, but this is his sixth season in charge. That's, like, in terms of modern day management, that is a very long time, because the most kind of, seasons a manager gets now it's like three four at a push so to see him actually get six nearly seven under his belt is quite impressive yeah I'd definitely say so a lot of managers these, these days anyway get maybe a year year max sometimes yeah. sort of salary even when it's Europa League got to top four he's gone um, so yeah it's it's a bit of a weird situation for Poch at the moment but I don't think they should be rash and sack him off right now because it's you know has ever has ever team benefited from that previously? Well, yeah, but even though I've slagged it off, if you look at Chelsea's model, if the manager isn't getting the right results, they do sack him off quite sooner. Yeah, and if you look at Sarri and Conte, even though they had really decent results because they fell out of favour with the fans, they were sacked. But it does seem to be, like in Chelsea's uh, terms, that, that is transitioning. Because look at Frank Lampard. Even though he's getting results that the fans like, he isn't getting the best results because it's not one of the. Like, I think under Frank Lampard, it's under the worst starts under Abramovich. I think because the fans understand kind of the where the club is at the moment, he's getting and what he's doing with the club in terms of bringing in young players. That's what's getting the fans on board, even though it's not getting amazing or is getting decent results, but not the best start of results. Yeah, it's a weird one because we've always seen Chelsea play different styles and it all goes back to when we had Mourinho we had a very sort of defensive solid style and the same with Conte, three at the back, counter-attacking <coughs> and 
pretty much the same with Sarri. It's quite solid defensively, not much attacking um, freedom. But nowadays, Premier League's changing. We're seeing a lot more attacking football. So I think maybe this is why it's perfect time for Lampard to come in because we're getting those goals a lot more attacking opportunities than we have in the last two, three years. So I think it's a good change. I think it works for some clubs, sacking managers. Not sure about other clubs. It all depends about who you can bring in mm. and if you've got money available to spend. Because as we know, Chelsea have always had quite a, a, quite a bit money of money to spend, to spend yeah. which always benefits them. Well, because you look at Watford at the moment, they've sacked Javi Garcia and brought in Kike Flores. And Kike Flores was the manager before Javi Garcia. Yeah, he was. Because he fell out with the board. And I'm just thinking, Watford have been like that for years. With the kind of board they've got in the moment, they just sack and change managers for like after a season. There's no real stability. I'm surprised they actually got rid of Javi Garcia, considering the kind of work he did last season. Because he did really well for them. And I think they've kind of fucked him over a bit with that. Yeah, I think it didn't help that the season ended badly for Watford. I think they went up. The end of the season, not winning any games. Mm. Obviously went to the cup final, got absolutely destroyed the Man City. I think they all hung up over that. Especially the players, they haven't got... I think mentally they haven't got over it. Yeah, and coming to this season, they're showing the same bit of form they were last season. But I'd still think it's a bit rash to sack managers so early. I'd always give it at least 10 games, 10, 15 games before making a decision because then at least you're not too deep into the season. I think if you just keep a manager even though they're doing bad results more than half of the season, it's sort of a bit, you know, is there enough time, is there enough games to get it back? So it works for some teams, but. At the moment, I think Pochettino, he's not too worried. He doesn't seem too worried, but he knows that he, he needs to get some wins on the board. Yeah, because I think he's changed it over the summer in terms of formation because he's trying this diamond in the midfield. Um, he's trying it now that he's brought in Dombele in. He likes to have um, Winks holding Dombele and Sissoko either side of him, but just a bit more up to drive the ball forward. And then he wants a playmaker in front of him with two strikers whether that be Son and Kane or Kane and Mora. I don't think he will ever drop Kane because he is such a leader on the pitch. Yeah. And he is a really good, decent striker. But I think he's stuck in terms of his playmakers, of who wants to play, because Ali, I think, has only made one appearance, although he has been injured, but he hasn't been as creative as he was yeah. two seasons ago. I mean, he has, I think it was reported that he's brought in a nutritionist and I think he's looking to take, and he stopped all of his um, publicity or like public shoots or kind of um, work related outside of football because he wants to focus on it and get back to form. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but I was looking at it earlier. But Christian Eriksen, we're saying he's our most creative player. In the league this season, on average, in eight appearances, he's, crea- he's shot 1.85 shots per game and he's made 1.6 key passes a game. As a creative midfielder, to make... Just over one and a half key passes in a game. That's nothing. No. <clears throat> I mean, we're saying <coughs> Kane struggling for goals. In the eight appearances he's made in the league, he's scored five goals and one assist. So he is, when he's got his chances, he's finishing them. He, I don't think he's getting enough chances. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, sort of a weird stat. We've seen, especially like with Chelsea, we've seen Kante in a new role. Mm. Even he's creating more chances than Ericsson is and maybe... Maybe you're right, you just need to get more balls. Find the formation, find which works better, going through the middle, going down the wing. You've just got to find that perfect balance. 
Because I think the only way, <clears throat> in my head, the only reason I can see Poch going free in the middle is because of the Champions League final in which, or the Champions League final that Inter Milan won with Jose Mourinho. He played a free in the middle and he was very counter-attacking and he beat Barcelona um, in the semi-final to get there. He beat them 3-1 at the San Siro. And he played a diamond in midfield and very much very counter-attacking football. And I think Pochettino is trying to do the same because there's a lot of teams that are very possession-based, especially City, Liverpool. I mean, we're seeing with teams like Brighton, they like to play with possession now. United, that's what Solskjaer is trying to do there. So I think Pochettino is trying to think a step ahead and be more counter-attacking. I mean, we've got the players with like Son, Mora. We've got it with our full-backs and Rose. Um, whether Foyt will do it when he comes in, because I know Poch wants him instead of Aurier because he's shit. Um, but I like Carl Walker-Peters. I'd like to see him more in the team because he did make a really good start, but unfortunately he's injured at the moment. But I do think we are lacking that creative spark. Um, for Ericsson, for 1.6 key passes in <clears throat> a game is not very good. And I know we've got Lo Celso coming back. He could be he could be a difference, but I don't know if he will be. <clears throat> yeah, he needs a bit of game time to get back into what he was doing in the Spanish League. But once again, the Spanish League is a lot different to the Premier League. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if he does have an impact, but I don't. He might make an appearance against Watford now that he's come back to full fitness. Um, but whether he needs, I think, a game or two just to get used to the pace. I think Ndombele um, is just getting used to it. I mean, he's made five appearances. I think it's two goals and assists, which is very good. Yeah. For a deep line midfielder to have that creativity is very good. Um, so I think he's going to come on leaps and bounds towards the season. And I think even Sissoko said it. When they're playing the three in the middle, they found it really hard to transition because the fitness work of having to cope with three in the middle, because you have to basically cover the wide areas and the central, and it's a lot of fitness work in it. And he just and Sissoko said they're not coping with it very well. Yeah, well that's what they said against against Bayern Munich. You had the sort of was it the diamonds you played or was it? Mm. Yeah, the diamonds, and the problem was you just didn't have the legs in that midfield to run about and track all the Bayern Munich players. I think if you do play with a free midfield, you've got to have at least two players that can just run the whole game. I think we see it with the big sort of big teams now. They will have players in there that can just run about and yeah, just look pass. at um, Robertson and <coughs> and Trent Alexander Arnold for Liverpool. They bomb up and down those flanks all day every day. Yeah. Henderson, I think he's got a great engine on him. He runs all the time for Liverpool. He runs himself into the ground. The same with Milner. So I think Liverpool have done it really well and I think because those players will run through brick walls with Klopp, they will die for that badge under Klopp. And I think whether some of the Tottenham players do at the moment, I'm not too sure. And Liverpool have got a good, they're in a good situation at the moment <coughs> because like we said with the, with the fullbacks and the whole team, they've got a, quite a young and fresh team ahead of them. Both Robertson and Arnold they're young players. Yeah. Midfielders, their midfielders are pretty young. Up front's pretty young as well. They're, they haven't got players that are going, getting close to their thirties. They've got a very, a very good sort of fresh squad that will just keep building and getting better and better. Yeah, because because Tottenham squad they're saying is now aging because both Harry Kane and Eriksson I think 26. Som's coming up to 27. I think Lucas Moura's again. He's 27, coming up to 28. You got Alderweireld and um, into his 30s now. Vertonghen now 32. 
I think he's because now we're in the position transition where we have some aging players that need to phase out the squad. So I think he wants to build the defence around Danson Sanchez, bring in Foyt, Sessegnon, uh, but I think for the time being he will keep maybe Alderweireld in the centre back until he finds someone else. Because we do have um, Carter Vickers out on loan, but I don't think he'll use him. I think I want to bring in someone fresh. Yeah, it sounds a lot like it sounds a lot like Charles to be honest. I think Lampard coming in is actually been really good because Charles's team last season, year before has been always aging. We've got William Pedro, both in their 30s. We had David Luiz, who's in his 30s. We had Kale, who's in his 30s. We've, lost, we've let them play go, which some teams might think, oh, you've let, you know, your players have been here for years and years, you're leaders in the dressing room, but we've had to bring in younger players, which has actually benefited, benefited us quite well, because there's always good potential with all these young players. And the thing is, the, the amount of Chelsea youth players or Chelsea players that Chelsea have at available that are young is scary. And you've got Mason Mount coming through, Tammy Abrahams, Tamori, Pulisic is still in like 19, even though he's yeah. not made the best of starts. Callum Hudson Odoi is coming back. He's 18. You've got Reese James making into the squad. You've got Ruben Loftus Cheek when he comes back. You've got such depth in youngsters, and it's very scary to are talented. And I think it's the same for Arsenal. If you look at the talent they have in their ranks, um, Nikita, who's yeah. out alone at Leeds, who scored, he scored two for England under 21s. So I think he got a hat trick. Oh no, yeah, he got the hat trick, and Hudson Odoi got two. two. Yeah, yeah, apologies. And then it would, <clears throat> and then they got um, that Milrose Smith. They've got Willock as well. Uh, Maitland Niles. You got Tierney making it into the squad. Yeah. Bellerin coming back, holding Chambers. Like they've got such talent. Um, coming through their ranks is really, really scary. Yeah, we've always seemed to have a really good academy where the players leave us to get more first in football. Because your academy got slagged off for so many years because you're bringing all these players through and not doing anything with them. Yeah, we had And just like loaning them out. Didn't you have like 90 players out on loan at one point? players out on loan. There was like Lewis Baker, who was heralded as like the next big thing. Yeah. And he went out to Viertes in yeah. Belgium. He went there for like four years. Yeah. So... But it does seem now they've got their act together and they know what they're doing with the youth. Because yeah. I think in the past you haven't had managers that trusted the youth, but you do have now in Lampard. Because I remember Sarri saying last season when it was kind of they were talking about Hudson Odoi and why he's not starting, and he believes you know players should break into the squad at 23 years old, saying they're still young, even though they are still young. Yeah. But they're players that have could play five seasons at top level and be so much better than when they're just breaking the squad at 23 for salary. Yeah, there was an article the other day and some of the trust players had spoken out and they were all confused as to why Hudson Adoy wasn't playing under Sarri. Mm. They were all saying that he's good enough to play and they didn't understand why Sarri wasn't giving them a game. But it just goes to show that even the sort of older generation in the mm. team are backing all the young players and it's just up to them now to make the opportunity and work hard for the team. So I think, going back to Spurs, I think we do have quite a decent young players coming through. We've had Winks, who I believe is incredible and very underrated. We'll talk about that la- that later when it comes to England. Carl Walker-Peters, I think he's just making a stamp in the first team. I f- want to see him play more because I do really like him. You've got Oi coming through back from injury. You've got Ndombele, who's only 22. If Ali gets his act together, could be a very important player in the next few years. You've got youngster in Troy Parrott. Um, who's a young Tottenham striker 
but he's like he's really really highly rated. Like Poch has rated him. He was in the um, team for the summer. Um, you got Tanganga at centre back. There was a few other players that I saw um, in preseason, but I don't think would make the cut. Um, but Troy Parrott, because this is the problem I have, is that I think I said it before. They get so much pressure from a young age. It's like I think he's only like 17, 18. Yeah. But there's so much pressure on him to perform well, especially from Spurs fans, from Irish football fans. And it's the same with um, United at Greenwood. Or with Greenwood, mm-hmm. should I say. There's so much pressure on him. They're saying, oh, he's going to be our next striker. They said the same against Rashford, and he's and he's not. I think Rashford's more than high. Like, if they do the same for Mason Greenwood, that's a lot of pressure to live up to. And he's already never signed a new contract, keeping up the club till 2023. Yeah, I think they were saying about the stat about Tammy Abraham's like getting close to Rashford's. Yeah, because Rashford Italian goals. Is, I think the most Rashford has scored in a league in a se- in a single season in the league is ten goals. Yeah. Tammy Abraham's is free away from beating that record, yeah, and we've only yeah. played eight nine games yeah. so far. So how the hell is Rashford one of England's most exciting exciting strikers? Yet Tammy Abraham's can outscore him in the next two or three matches. I think the fact that when we played Czech Republic and Tammy Abraham was brought on mm. and not and sort of brought in that into that strike strike position with Kane, or unless Kane was taken off as well. Yeah. But when Rashford played against um, Bulgaria, he wasn't put up front; he was put in the right wing. Mm. I think Man United fans need to start looking at Rashford more as a attacking winger more than a lethal. Lethal, lethal striker really because he's not getting the goals yeah because that's the problem with Rashford's play is if he wants to be striker I think he has to be more like Tammy Abrahams and want the ball in behind because Tammy Abrahams is always on the last man and he's always looking for a run in behind and the ball to be played through Rashford would rather have the ball at his feet take a player on and hit it into Rosehead yeah that is Rashford's game yeah he's a, he's a dribbler he's head down <coughs> head down dribbler Tammy he's shown a lot of game he He's he's a tall player. He doesn't look the, the most mus- Biggest, muscular but player, but he is very strong. He can hold up the ball really well. He's he just sort of linking really well to how Chelsea play at the moment. So I think I remember his goal against Wolves. The ball was played into his feet. He literally just shimmied it across Conor yeah. Cody and put it into the far corner. I was like, that's a really talented striker's goal. And that's the kind of goal that you would expect Rashford to do. But Rashford wants to do that all the time. Tammy Abram will do that when he has to. Yeah. He'd rather have the ball where he can run it into because he knows he's got the pace on defenders. Yeah, we've seen him score a header in one of the games he's played mm. uh, last week against Southampton. He dinked the goalie. So he's got he's got a lot in his locker, to be fair. Exciting, exciting prospect ahead of him. Yeah, because I think if he was to play for England, he'd have to play in a striker role. And yeah. I don't think Southgate would drop Harry Kane. I think probably Tommy Abrams maybe for the future. Yeah. How old is Kane? Is he 26? 26, yeah. I think, yeah. So I think Tammy will go to the Euros next summer um, up front. Whether he'll take Callum Wilson, because it's a 23-man squad, so whether he'll take Callum Wilson, I'm not sure. It's also difficult when Harry Kane's captain as well, isn't he? Yeah. But if you look at his performance against, um, or the last two games, Mm. it was, so Bulgaria and Czech Republic, in the two games, he got three assists and two goals. Yeah, I mean that's form you can't. He wasn't the most amazing player against Bulgaria, but he but did still. No, what was? He did still get a couple of assists, which was good to see. 
Mm, yeah, because it was three assists against Bulgaria. Oh, I meant Czech Republic, that's why no one was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bulgaria, you got three assists, yeah. which is very decent. Well, but it score as well? Yeah, he well, scored yeah. one. <clears throat> but the thing is, it's very easy to rack yeah. up a lot of assists when you've got Sancho and Sterling running around you. Because Harry Kane is such a good target man, if he gets into his feet and allow him to turn and feed balls through to Sancho or Sterling, it's just an easy day for him. I think Mason Mount's watching Rashford too much because he keeps on hitting it into Rosie as well. Yeah, but yeah, but they're different sort of players. He is a, a midfielder. Yeah, but because this is what I want to get on with to with England is because you've got Ma- Mountain Madison. Yeah, Mount I could see as a number eight, tracking back, pressing, going forward, like carrying the ball, putting out wide and linking up well. But Madison is a very much a number ten. Yeah, and he's want, he wants to find space behind the midfielders and in front of the defence, pick the pockets, and make something out of nothing and open play. It's unfortunate he um, got dropped from the squad due to illness. Yeah, that was unfortunate, yeah. But I think if Southgate wants to play him, he has to change his whole formation for him. Mm. Because at the moment they play a 4 3 3. You've got, obviously, your back four, um, Maguire. I think he'll start to play Mings more because I thought he was very impressive against Bulgaria. Yeah. Uh, left back Chilwell. Yeah, uh, I think Chilwell has to get left back. No yeah, offense Ro- to Rose. Rose had a shite game against the Czech Republic, mm. um, but he has come into the towards the tail end of his career. He's still an amazing left back. Yeah, I still think he's quality and he's probably one of the best that Spurs have got. But I do think that Chilwell will overtake him one day. He plays Trippier right back. I understand why people are annoyed that he's playing Trippier because of Alexander-Arnold being so... Yeah. But the thing is, defensively, Trippier is better than Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, I think in Southgate's perfect sort of play style where he mm. wants fullbacks rather than wingbacks, yeah. then Trippier does get the look. And I think <coughs> people forget that you know he's gone to Lesko Madrid... They are a top team. And he's made a really good start from. Yeah, they're a top team. He's made a good start. Atletico Madrid always get into that stage mm. of the Champions League. They're, they are known to be a solid defensive team. So I can see why he keeps them playing Trippier because they keep winning games over the weekend 1 0, 2 0. They're not scoring loads of goals, but they're consistently. Even when they do score goals, Trippier has played a key part in actually setting them up. Yeah, because they play to play a. They just like to play 4 4 2. It's you know back to the basics, but it works. Yeah, for them, yeah, it really does work. Because Alexander Arnold, I see like he does get a lot of assists for Liverpool, but it's his defensive like because Liverpool press so much, they don't have to do a lot of defensive work, and a lot of teams don't put them under pressure. But when they do play teams that they know are going to attack them, you, you might favour Joe Gomez out on right back because you just think Klopp thinks that Alexander Arnold might be out of his depth. But I do think Trippier does well for England, um, and then in the midfield. I think he's going to go on with playing Winks as holding midfielder over Declan Rice. Because yeah. I think, well, the, even I think together they are probably as well defensively. But I think Winks' passing is so much better than Declan Rice. He's so much more confident of going to the back four, getting the ball off them, and pressing it for and playing out wide, playing it forward. His passing range is so much better than Declan Rice, and I think that's what takes him over the edge for Southgate. Yeah, I think you just need someone to sit there and hold. It's always going to be tough to pick between which player should go where. But I think it's important, if we have a free midfield especially, not to have too many defensive players because when we do go forward, 
I think if we had Winks, Mountain Mountain Manison either side of Winks, that yeah. would be perfect because it would give England that sort of attacking threat, yeah. attacking threat, attacking freedom. Because yeah. I think he'll always play Henderson, but not only because he's a leader, but also he does run. Even though his passing um, is very simple, his work rate is incredible. Yeah, his pressing is very good, and we've seen that for both Liverpool and England. I think, but I don't like Barkley whatsoever. I think he's rubbish. Even though he did get two goals, I don't think he changed the game that much. Yeah. I'd rather see Mason Mount in there. I don't know if he'll put Madison in that sort of midfield because I don't think he is a number eight. He is very much a number mm. ten. Um, and then you've got the two wide men, and usually Sancho and Sterling. Yeah. Absolutely. And with Kane in the middle. I mean, the front you, three is, is just. He's set in stone und- now. I undecided, think, yeah. Yeah, because I think Sancho is overtaken Rashford in terms of choice. I would rather have a Sancho out there than Rashford. Yeah, well, Sancho's playing every week. He's been consistent. Mm. Dortmund, you know, they're not very defensively. Yeah. That's not his job. He's, he's always getting assists, he's always getting goals. He's absolute machine at the moment. Mm. And. You know, United aren't on a good patch, so yeah. it's obvious why he's playing. But yeah, I think the problem with having, obviously, like you said, Henderson's always going to get a game, mm. but then you've also got the problem where we've got two less attacking sort of yeah. midfielders, and then it always comes to, you know, to be changed formation, but no, the formation works well. The formation works well, and the thing is, because Kane drops off to get the ball, that kind of eliminates the space that Madison would get for him to get on the ball. Yeah, I'd agree, yeah. And I also agree that Parkley's rubbish. I'd rather have Mount there than yeah. Barkley. Because even for Chelsea, Lampard chooses Mount over Barkley any day. Yeah, Barkley started the season off quite well. He was getting picked, mm. but he's just not... Despite getting two goals against England, when he goes forward, his final third sort yeah. of decisions let him down a bit. Yeah. Agreed. And he's quite a greedy player as well. <laughs> like we saw with the penalty when he missed for Chelsea, he's just quite a greedy player. He's conf- he might be confident. I think that was... At this time, he was very low in confidence, and he just wanted something to prove himself. Yeah, it's always. A, I don't know what happened there. Lampard backed him mm. as a manager, you know, should do. But yeah, he's not. He's not the ideal England sort of midfielder they need. But you know, if he keeps scoring against and gets the goals, gets the assists, proves everyone wrong, then then fair enough. I can back him. Right. Moving on to City. Yep. Eight points behind Liverpool already. Do you think they've dropped already too many points to win the title this year? Well, as we know, I predicted Liverpool to win. Liverpool to win the, light in the league. I just think this year Man City just don't have their head in the Premier League. I, I think what's affected them is not having a replacement for company. Yeah. I think they should have pressed harder for Maguire. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the basics to... Make sure you've got a replacement. Spare men yeah. Because now they're playing Fernandinho at the back because it's yeah, and so I think Laporte's injury has wiped them out so much. I mean, F- Fernandinho playing him at centre back is better than having Stones there at the moment. Yeah, Otamendi's a weird one as well. He's yeah, because I don't know. Really like, inconsistent. Like you say, he is a very erratic defender, and whether Stones come back to full fitness, he'll replace Otamendi. We'll have to wait and see, but I think he'll. I don't know if Otamendi will keep his place. I think also Argentina have never been solid defensively. No. So Otamendi being Argentinian, I think it's that not speaks helped. for himself. <laughs> yeah, and I think they've because they've scored. I think their goal difference in the league is 18 at the moment. They've out they're outscoring Liverpool, 
Well, yeah, we wouldn't have thought they'd be so far behind after smacking Watford. Yeah. But that's the issue, is it's their defence. I mean, I think not getting Maguire, I think, has hampered them, but it's not their fault. I don't think Maguire suited anyway. They, Man City have a very pacey team, and I think yeah, but Maguire would have been great for them, yeah. But, but the company was never pacey either. Yeah, that's true. And but, I don't know. I think Guardiola likes a player that brings it out of the back as a centre-back, and that's what Maguire does. It's just because Man City have been very, if we want a player, they'll join us because we're the best, not we'll go out and chase him, give him the money that he wants. That's what Man United did. They just gave him a better offer. They did the same for Alexis Sanchez. But I think it's down more to the player wanting more money, an extra 100k a week, than actually going to a club where he's actually going to improve as a player. But when you yeah. think about it, if you're Alexis Sanchez or Harry Maguire, would you rather take an extra 50k or 100k a week to go to Man United in a team that's transitioning to, to learn from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, or would you get, take 50 or 100k less a week and go to City, where it's one of the best teams in the world right now, and play under Pep Guardiola, one of the best managers of all time. It's obvious, isn't it? I think it's bizarre that, especially Sanchez at mm. 29, what 30, he's he's played his whole life getting loads Paid of money. Yeah. He doesn't need extra 50k a week. And there's so much opportunities after they retire to earn money, like in punditry, like they write books, they do he'll go appearances. To, he'll go to China and get like so much money. So much it's, money. Because they don't understand. I think football players literally just see the money these days. They don't understand. Like, you w- you won't be remembered for an infringement care week contract to Man United and being shit. You'll be remembered for winning the league and being a part of a decent team. Yeah. So, I think that bugs me. And I think City should have done a lot better. Yeah. In getting Maguire. I think they've struggled with who do you want to play right back. I think Walker's been good. But as he said, he thinks he's at the England team now. He's not playing. I think that really affected his confidence. Because oh. when I saw it, I was actually quite shocked. But I think that's knocked his confidence so much. And it's just, it's hard for him to recover. And they brought Cancelo from Juventus. But he's not really been playing either. And they sort of played him left back the other week. And they didn't do very well against Wolves. And they lost 2-0. Mm. I think, obviously, Benjamin Mendes has been out for a while. But I think ideally, they should probably have their, their eyes set on Childwell. I think Childwell yeah. could be a good left back for them. He could even learn his trade and be centre-back. I don't think Chihuahua will go centre-back. No? No. He'd be good no. on the ball. He'd be good on the ball, but I think he's too much for natural left-back. Yeah. And even Guardiola said himself, Chihuahua is a quality player. Well, yeah, and I think that's, he's, that's not less again, and they went 1-0 last season. Yeah. Um, he went and spoke to him. Said, oh, you're a quality player. Like, And I think he will go for Chihuahua one day. I think if it, if it's not January, it'll be next summer. He'll go. Yeah, future, future children. But then for Leicester, would you leave Brendan Rodgers? Because he has done so well at the club, and they're doing so well. You think actually, is there much point in me leaving? Yeah. Well, there's always that big discussion, though, isn't there? Yeah. Where you you leave a, you leave a good manager like Brendan Rodgers. I think Maguire. You could have stayed another season. You could have been even better. Signed for Man United. Or Man City, it's, it's a difficult one because obviously he wants to play European football. Mm. But I think, I think on, I honestly think Leicester could make a break for the top four this year. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. Well, you see, like the teams around them that aren't doing as well as what they should be. Brendan Rodgers has always been a very he's gone sort of, He's gone sort of to the easy team. Went to Celtic, very, very sort of easy. Yeah, because a lot of Celtic fans were annoyed that he left because they're like, oh, you 
you went to a mediocre Premier League team instead of having an unbelievable legacy at uh, Celtic by winning the treble or like an undefeated treble or something and like that. No Under- one cares. No one gives a shit about Celtic. Scottish Listen football. here, Celtic fans. No one gives a shit. <laughs> Scottish football is basically one team. It's good that Steven Gerrard's there, making it a bit more competitive. Yeah. Literally. An English legend made Scottish football more bearable. Facts. But yeah, I think Leicester was a good choice because he could have gone down the easy route, yeah. joined another big team, like when he went to Liverpool. But actually, no, he's gone to Leicester, he's seen the players, and Leicester actually do have a very good talented squad. Because when you look at when he went to Liverpool, he improved that squad massively to a point they would t- challenge him for the title. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they just fell season. short, obviously, for the Gerrard slip. Yeah. Um, but at the start of the season, Suarez was um, banned because he bit the Vanovich. Yeah. yeah. So he was, I think he was banned for like, was it nine? It wasn't, it was not, was it how many games? Was it like seven games at the start of the season? Yeah. We've had a computer problem, but we're back. <laughs> Hi guys, we're back again. Yeah, don't worry. You you, you lot don't miss us. Um, right, so talking about Suarez. So he missed seven games at the start of the league. And he had, I think it was, yeah, so he played 31 games. I think he scored like 30-odd goals and got double digits and assists. Sterling and Sturridge had their, well, Sterling, that was his kind of breakthrough season for Liverpool. Sturridge, that's probably the best football he's ever played. So Brendan Rodgers does go to teams and improve them. Yeah, even when he went to Celtic, wow, shite. Um, he did improve them. He got them to a point where they become the invincibles. Yeah. So to say Brendan Rodgers does improve teams, you, like I understand why Chilwell would stay instead of going to City because Brendan Rodgers is a very, very good manager. Um, but I think coming up to it, he will have to make decision: Do I stay at City, uh, Leicester? That I think. They could improve, but I don't think they'll be title challengers. They'll be top four challengers. Yeah. Or do I want to take the next step of my career and go to a Pep Guardiola's Man City and improve dramatically even more? I hope he doesn't go and go to Man United. Because that's the thing I was, I was saying. Like Maguire, Maguire went to United to, for more money, but he's now dropping in form because he's playing with a shy team. Yeah. Like if he went to City, he'd get less money, but he'd be playing with better players. He probably would have walked into the City starting 11. He'd be partnering with Laporte. Yeah, sure. I think that's what um, Guardiola's idea was for him to do, was to partner with Laporte. Whereas Maguire's just gone in and he's literally partnering himself. Yeah, because I mean he has Lindelof, but he's not... He had one decent game against Chelsea at the start of the season. But in Man United fans are saying he's playing an alright, but he's got a mistake in him. Yeah. All that Man United battle for yeah, do... Still- Every, yeah, Maguire, I'd say you can't even say. I think Maguire has a mistake in him. I don't think the only player that doesn't is probably Wan Bissaka. I think when they when they beat Chelsea four 0 United fans were like, "Yeah, this they is were it. so gassed." This after. is the new Man United. We're amazing. But you know, they just forget that right now, the new manager, he's testing out his new team. Mm. He hasn't found the perfect formation. Players, you know, not used to play style. And you know, now we look at the table and Man United are two points off relegation. Yeah, because I think that's the issue. I think another issue for United is them not replacing Lukaku or even letting Lukaku go. That was a massive mistake. I've always said it from the start. Letting Lukaku go, who's not only scored more goals than Rashford, mm. but he's left on a big 75 million sum and they've not got anyone in. The only striker they've got spare is Green. James. Greenwood. And, and Greenwood. Yeah. But... They're young players, and you can't rely on you can't always rely on young players, even if they've got the greatest potential in the world. 
you can't rely on him all the time. Because yeah, because I think that's the issue. Is like he wanted Rashford as his main striker, and even Solskjaer said when he sold Lukaku, it was because he wanted a pathway clear for Greenwood to make his development into the first team. I was like, well, one, you can't put that pressure on a 17-year-old. Two, Rashford, I think we've seen, is more of a winger than not a striker. And three, you've got 75 mil and not done anything with it. I think the Man United style that they play with the sort of 4-3-3 or the 4-2... 3-1, yeah. Yeah, when they've sort of got the striker and two wingers, they're not actually wingers like we have with Pulisic and William. They don't you know, cross or dart in. They're just like Rashford, they just dribble. Yeah. I think that's what they're missing. They've got you know, they've got great talent, but Daniel James, he's not really wing, he's more of a forward dribbler. I think Greenwood's he's there. It's the same as well. I, I think Daniel James is their one shining light. They that McTominay. They don't I'd have say. that Sancho Sterling that can dribble, do skills, cut inside, cross it, mm. drill a ball in. They're all really sort of Strikers, really. I think Daniel James is getting there. He's a very direct and forward player, and he shows great pace and scares defenders. He dives <clears> a lot. He doesn't dive a lot. I think because he he's so easy to take down. Like because of his pace, he's not the biggest and he's not the strongest, so he's he is easy to foul. And he pretends to be unconscious. Maybe yeah, I, like that was a bad. Like that was bad. Pretending to be unconscious in this day and age of. Like how we say about brain damage in football and head injuries, that was not the smartest I'd move. I've been booked twice <coughs> for diving so far in the league. Yeah, he's uh, needs to learn a bit, you know. I think he's a bit street smart, <coughs> but I do think he is a very talented player and he will grow with United. But because what I was saying earlier, he when he does get the ball, there is a sense that he will do something. Like when he does have the ball, you can tell like Man United fans get excited because like oh he can do something here. Like when Rashford gets the ball, thinking, who's right? Which member of the crowd is going to catch this one? And when Jesse Lingard's got the ball, it's like, oh, I just give it back to him. Give back to young kids. Yep. Young kid Lingard. Because, like, I, don't, I think Lingard had, I don't think he's had even, like, a decent season under him. He had a breakout season. But I think, because people forget, he's like 26, 28. Yeah, he's, he's the same so age as Pogba. He came into the same squad with Pogba, but he was just not used. Uh, for a long time until Van Gaal came in and gave him his kind of the opportunity to come up. I mean, he's had he can only play well at the Emirates. Mm-hmm. That's shown, and he loves yep. to dance at the Emirates, and he loves a goal at Wembley. I think we've seen over the years that Man United have failed to capitalise on good strikers before. Yeah. When they bought Martial, he was a number nine at Monaco. Mm. Now he's a left left mid. Yeah. Even FIFA now he's he's registered for left mid. Yeah, he has been for a few seasons. He was like left wing, hasn't he, for yeah. like a few seasons. Well, they now. brought him in because he was a goal-scoring yeah. striker. And the same with Rashford. Rashford brought into the first team because he was, you know, he was scoring goals in but, the under 21. So I think the thing with Martial, like, a lot of people did liken him to Henri when he came in. Because even though he plays as a striker, Henri had that tendency to float out on the left side. Yeah. Because like, when you hear like Neville and Carragher say when they played right back, the worst, that's the worst position to play against Arsenal. Because not only did you have Ashley Cole and Robert Pires on that side, but you also had Henri, who had a tendency to float out there. And I think that's what he did. He started to mm. float out to left wing to get on the ball and drive in, but that just then pushed him into the left side. They're like, yeah. oh, did you float out there so much? Stay out there. Do you think that's probably why Lukaku hasn't been as good as he could have been? Because he's not actually had proper wingers who want to pass in the ball. Because now he's going to Inter Milan, and he is up front, 
Yeah. Playing up front with um, oh Martinez. Martinez. Yeah. And they're playing a three. They're playing three four two, three mm. five two. So they've actually got proper left mid right mids. Because when you look at in. when he was at Everton and he played really well, he had Barkley, Naismith, and Morales around him. I'm not going to say they're probably some of the world's best players because they're not. Yeah. But they knew how to play with him. They did the basic job. Yeah. They whipping the ball in. Yeah. May, um, Naismith and Morales did sit wide and they're very much driving forward, getting the ball to Kaku. Barkley had a very good relationship with Lukaku and their link-up play together. That's I think when Barkley was at his best yeah and Lukaku was just coming up leaps and bounds um, and I think at United in the first season in his first season under Mourinho he did really well um, but I think I think also you could say to blame he put on too much weight yeah like if you see when he first signed for Everton the shape he is to when like last season where he bulked up for international football I don't understand that. Yeah, he used to be really athletic when he yeah when he signed for Everton, but then he decided to bulk up and it just didn't make any sense. Um, but I did like he did have some decent players. Like you know you can't say that Martial isn't a decent player. Rashford is yeah. a decent player. They're good players. I don't think they know how to play with Lukaku. No, and it's a weird one because they did play with with Zlatan and Zlatan very much not a very pacey play opposite to Rashford, you would mm. say. But I think sort of similar to the Kaku in, in there it is. And they still managed to get goals with Zlatan. So. Yeah, because I think in that team, when Mourinho came on, because that was Mourinho's first season, wasn't it? Because he brought in Pogba and he brought in Zlatan Ibrahimovic on a free. And for me, Zlatan carried that team. Yeah. He, it, they had, he could probably still do a job. Because they did have Lingard, obviously. Rashford, obviously, from a young age. Rooney, coming towards the end of his career, he was still getting goals and assists, but he was quite... He, you know, was moving deeper. I mean, you saw it when at Everton, there was parts of yeah. the games where he was playing a centre mid. And his kind of, but, you know, when he's even at DC United, he's playing like centre forward role. He's not on the back anymore. Yeah, I think Man United are missing that sort of Rooney, Rooney character. Yeah. Just like how I mentioned before that eventually in Barcelona, you know, it's that Messi character. They're really good at the moment, sort of suffering They're about Ronaldo. Ronaldo. They're all missing. The, like Chelsea, <coughs> we've never had a really a solid replacement for Drogba either. I think Costa was there. Costa was good. Yeah. But I just don't think he'd get on the managers. No, he's pulled out with everybody. He was good to watch, made it a bit mm. more entertaining. But we've, we've always looked back at Drogba as, as sort of the, the best best striker we've ever had, really. Yeah. Because um, I think Tammy Abraham's... He could be. I reckon he could reach... He may, oh, I don't know, wherever he reached Drogba's level. I mean, he is scoring for fun at the moment for Chelsea. Yeah. And I think he stays... If, if he stays with Chelsea's keep scoring and stays with the same squad he maybe could yeah. do it it's hard to look back though because I don't he, think he'll have the wow factor like yeah, Drogba had that's what I mean but I think the goals changed. will be there football's changed Drogba he was a goals, bully Chester goals and turned it and scored in the volley he, like, he was he, insane yeah I think Drogba knew how to bully defenders but the game's changed now goalkeepers are a lot more better you're not, you're not going to see Tammy Abraham chest it on the spin and, the one against Liverpool and, and, um, and score oh, yeah because he he did one they, Spurs as well. Yeah, shut up. They play one against um, Carragher every time it's on Sky Sports. Yeah. And either the Chelsea game, it shows where Drogba chested it, turned, and just volleyed it past Reina. We just don't see that, those goals anymore, just because of the modern era. I think, yeah, like, because we've seen like less shots being 
taken from outside the box. It's more about getting into the final third and creating like yeah, a clear cut chance. working that ball into the box. Because that's what I think Guardiola's shown it with Man City. He always did it at, Man- he always did it at Barcelona. You mm. literally just get one on one and pass yeah. it. So I think like you do see it with Man City, like how many goals they score are exactly the same. Just from five yards. It's literally passing the ball through the defence, a winger's on the overlap, and they just hit it across the six yard. And there's either Aguero, Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Jesus, Anybody, Mahrez, anybody. Anybody just You run into the box. In. So if you play Man City and you run into the box, you're going to get yourself a goal. Yeah. So yeah, going back to Man City, you know, it's early in the season, eight points. Yeah. It's, it's a big it's a big tally. Like, in Liverpool, on that straight, is it, I don't know how many wins it is, is it nine straight wins? Nine or eight straight wins. Oh, towards the end of the season, they won in the league? No, this season, they won all nine games. Who? Oh, Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. I think they, I think they've on a, they're on a record oh, winning twenty one. They're on seventeen. Seventeen. Seventeen in a row. They beat Man United. It's eighteen. Be a new record, but mm. it would be United. It would, but the thing is, it would just be against a big team like that, wouldn't it? Would you class Man United as a big team now? Uh, probably not. Exactly. But, but what I'm saying is, it wouldn't just be against a Watford. Mm. Or West Ham. I it think it's happened to be against. I think it's written in the stars that because United have been so dominant over Liverpool for so many seasons. So there are break a record. There are a couple of pundits out there that think Man United could scrape a victory. No. I was listening on Talk Sport last night and a couple of pundits thinking that it could either be a draw or one of them said two one to United. Like because I can like, last year because that's when. I remember Liverpool faced United and they drew one all. Uh, no, they drew nil nil, wasn't it? It was a shit game. Yeah, and they, they lost the man really early. Was it they got sending off really early or they got an injury? Uh there was a couple of injuries, I think. Liverpool got, I think Liverpool might have got a couple of injuries. Maybe. Yeah, I know United got quite a few injuries. That game. Like Lingard went off. Us. Yeah, Lingard went off quite early. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of t- people saying like, when this was when Rashford started. That's when Pogba started to play well. Rashford was starting to link up with Pogba and they thought his pace could do a lot of damage. But it was just a really boring game. And I think Liverpool, Liverpool didn't turn up at all that no. day. I think they just walked. They, I think they had a mentality of let's not... Even, they didn't go with the mentality, let's win the game. It's just let's, sure, let's make sure we don't lose it. Yeah, I think it could easily be... Four one, I think it's Liverpool. I think it's smashing. I've even I've made Mane my captain this week. Have you? You've changed from Aguero finally. I think he's under really good form. Yeah. He has scored. He's scoring goals again. Well, not again, but he's every time he's scoring, going on one, he's getting he's scoring. Yeah. So I think he is bound to get a goal this week. And my other reasoning is Aguero. When been thinking about the hoodoo (coughs) at Crystal Palace. No, my thought behind it was when if Man City have the Champions League game midweek, yeah, they do, the following yeah. week, they usually rest Aguero and play Jesus. So my oh, thinking, so my thinking around it is I don't want Aguero to be dropped and they play Jesus against Palace and not get the double points for being a captain. So he might make an appearance but get one or two. So my thought is behind it is make Mane captain because I think he's more likely to score because he's going to play. Yeah, because we loved that last week. That last week in the Premier League, when Aguero didn't play and you didn't get many points. Oh yeah, I got shot. Saved me because I didn't have a very good game week. I think I got 48 points in total. 
and Marnie got 12. So yeah. he got 24 for Puma's captain. Marnie's, Marnie, Marnie did save you there. You, you've got Salah and Sterling, haven't you? Yeah, under boy. How have you got all three? And I'm by you, you, Your defence isn't that great, is it? Uh, no, it's not great. I've got Mings. I've got Lounstrom. Cause I've they've, gone... been, they've been doing jobs, though. Yeah, because I've got quite a decent Lounstrom. Lounstrom's in the... He's in the all-time Premier League team of the season. He's yeah. got that blue blue, blue little thing, but oh. yeah. Yeah, because I've got Chilwell, Digne and Trent. And my idea behind that is because the fullbacks are getting quite a lot of assists. Especially yeah. Trent and Chilwell. I would do that, but I can't afford it. Yeah, I've I think got, that's a, but I put Edison in goal. I've got three so clean sheets, but then thinking, actually, do I take him out of goal now because he ain't getting clean sheets? I've got Fujisho because I thought you know Wolves normally quite solid. They've not made it. They've not had a great start. But Fujisho is the highest goalkeeper on the fantasy, so I'll take it. What, has he got the most clean sheets? No, he's just got most points because he gets loads of saves. Oh, right, gets right. additional points for saves. He saves penalty. I, I put Edison in thinking he's going to get a lot of clean sheets this season, but then Laporte got injured, and now he's not. Well, no. Yeah, you're losing points. So, but I put Mane as captain for this weekend United game. So I think he will score and maybe get an assist. Maybe even score two. Yeah. But my thinking behind it is, I think Guardiola will rest Aguero ahead of the uh, midweek Champions League game. Yeah, I've gone with a few captains. Last week went for Pookie. Aston Villa. I've got rid of him now. Aston Villa lost 5-1 and I had Pookie's captain. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got rid of Pookie now because he hasn't scored in a few games. And I've got Abraham and Guerrero up front. So I'm thinking, yeah. Abraham's on form. He's my captain this week. Guerrero always scores. It would be easy to pick like Sterling or De Bruyne. But, like you said, Champions League's coming up. Yeah. And Crystal Palace is that team that beat him last season. But it is at Southwest Park and they beat... It's usually away. They, or usually at home, they struggle against Crystal Palace. Not away. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, Crystal Palace anyway. They're doing well this season. They are doing well. They're doing really well. Considering top four or top six. Considering all the kind of rumours and unrest around Zaha. Yeah. He has. He hasn't made the best of starts. But the team has done really well. Yeah. It's like the players don't want him to leave. Yeah. And they're proving to him that we are. I think he'll leave in January. Maybe, might, but, maybe end of season. I don't think. I don't know who would want to buy him. Yeah, I understand. Understand, but I reckon he'll stay. I think he'll stay until January. A team will come in. Yeah. But I'm like when I said, like I said, I think I said a few episodes ago. I'm surprised uh, Everton bought Awobi, considering they wanted Zaha so much. Yeah. Actually, that's what I want to get your thoughts on, right? Nicholas Pepe. Yep. Shit. Yeah, he's not been good. He's, he's got one goal, which is penalty. Fair enough. Yeah. Like if Arsenal fans say, oh, Harry Kane's a per- penalty merchant, mate, £72 million signs and he scored a penalty. Pipe the fuck down. Yeah, despite the start of the other podcast, I did say Pepe would have been one of the signs of the season. But then I, it was a cautious one because mm. he has come from French League. The French League. Like, he would, granted, he was the first player to dribble past Van Dyke. But then so did that guy for Salzburg. Yeah. Again, he literally just chopped Liverpool. him up. He chopped him. Van Dyke fell over. Yeah. Where have we seen that? No, I know. Like he, Van Dyke has been so composed and he's usually really good at reading players, but then he just, he was so, not erratic, but yeah. I think he dived in. I think he'll actually think, fuck, why to do that? Because that was a superb goal. Yeah. Because now they've got a new, they've got a new stats, Salzburg. They've got their front three, 18 goals, 
so many assists. And then the other stat is one dribble past Van Dyke. I've <laughs> actually got an official official account. Yeah. Because who's oh we tweeted about it earlier this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Their um their striker who's the Leeds fan. Is he Swedish or Norwegian? Striker. Oh, one. Yeah, he's 19 years old and he's got oh, yeah. a stupid amount of goals in as many games. Yeah, he's um, yeah, because his dream is to play for Leeds like his dad did. But what, he scored against Liverpool, and I saw his movement. I was like, that is the most stiff movement I have seen from a striker in years. Like he literally nearly got his feet muddled up and didn't know what to do. He has been really prolific this season. But yeah, but he's playing in the Austri- Austrian league. Salzburg are beating teams every week, like 5-0, 8-0. But it's the Austrian league. Like, yeah. you're going to beat teams. They are they are smacking it. He's 19, he's getting lots of goals, but it is the Austrian league. And there's only, it looks like there's only one team in that league. By the looks of it, the team's winning 8-0 every week. But yeah, I think Nicholas Pepper, like, he did have that one decent game against... Well, I wouldn't say decent game against Liverpool. He just looked very direct against him. And a lot of people thinking, maybe against a weaker defence, he's going to be more prolific. Yeah. But I don't think the goals have come for him. And I think that's his issue. Or assists. He's not really... He's not creating much. He's not really a strong player, is he? He's quite a small sort of... Well, sort he's, of a small, t- he's tall, but he's just very lean. Sort of a small Mohamed Salah sort of sort of style of player. I think he'd probably be better if he played with Liverpool just because of the way Liverpool have their front three. Yeah, but when you think about it, Arsenal do create a lot of chances. It's just, it just he just doesn't know how to finish them. Yeah. And they, and we've said this for weeks, that Arsenal do need to set out, um, sort out their back line. Yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of Arsenal fans want Tierney and Bellerin to come in. That'll be, be good. Let that'll help them massively. And they want Holding and Chambers to replace... Socrates and David Luiz at centre backs. Can't replace David Luiz. He scored for them over the weekend, over the last Premier League weekend. Yeah, but got him the one goal. But David Luiz is so erratic. Yeah. I love Arsenal fans because they. I don't love Arsenal fans, but I loved how they said he's going to sort out our defence and they replaced Mustafi with yeah. David Luiz. Chelsea's spy has done well. But what was I reading? I saw it earlier. It's like. Um, Mustafi for Arsenal this season has more clean sheets than Van Dijk and Maguire. Yeah, they Maguire, Van Dijk and Maguire both have two, and Mustafi have three. Granted, he was in the Europa League and they're playing Kazakhstani farmers each week. Yeah, they're, they're playing their kids and they're winning like four 0 Yeah. But anyway, right, moving. Right, what was I saying? Oh, we talked about how shit Pepe is. And uh, right, so Man City, yeah. do you think they've dropped too many points to win the league? Yeah, I do. I don't think, I honestly don't know when Liverpool will lose. I think mm. it might just be against Man City. But I think they'll do Man City. Yeah, when you yeah. look at their defence, they'll just run right through them. Well, it, it would depend on when they play them in the season as well. Yeah. If Laporte comes back, it'll help. But I'm not sure when they play them. I think they play them in November, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So that could be, a, that would be a very good game. But there are cup games as well Yeah, coming up. Carabao Cup. We wouldn't know about that, would we? Top of that. <laughs> Chavo coming up, so the cup competition, Champions League, everything like that. Um, so it does start to take its toll on the team, yeah. And it looks like Man City going to breeze through their group stage. Because, like, yeah. when it comes to last year at Christmas, they were nine points behind yeah, Liverpool and they managed tall, to make it? it up. But Liverpool just. I think this year. Liverpool improved from last yeah, year. They, 
It's weird. They don't seem as solid. And Pencil goals removed. and goals wide, they actually don't seem as good attacking because Salah was having an unbelievable season. But this year, he's he's still getting goals, but mm. he's not as prolific as last season. But but the yeah. whole team are playing just overall better. They they're going on one one goal down, and they they're getting it back. Yeah. To be fair, Salah didn't make the best of start last season. Yeah, and then he just made up towards the tail end. Because he scored free. I remember the game that kicked him off was that he scored a hat trick against Bournemouth, and but less than like the season before he was just on fire. Um, and, Mar- and it looked to see like Mane was kind of the more important winger for Liverpool. But I think defensively they don't look as strong. Yeah, it's is. I think a lot of players, a lot of teams are starting to suss them out and create a lot more chances. Yeah, if Salzburg can get three goals. Yeah. They were three 0 down. They got about three three. And then was it Salah scored in the? Yeah, to make it 4-3. Four four yeah, but Salzburg, obviously, defensively, didn't look amazing. Yeah, I think last year, the way Liverpool played, they were, you know, good team to win the Champions League. Mm. But I think this year, if they play how they, they play how they did this year, last year, they wouldn't have won the Champions League defensively. No. But I think this year, because of the way they're playing, they're more likely to win the Premier League. Yeah. Because they're on that good streak. Even though they're conceding goals, they're just they're scoring just as many. Yeah, because I think I said that a few episodes ago. It's or it might be last episode is Liverpool are getting champion winning results. But what I mean is like they're not playing amazing football week in week out, but they're grinding out that victory. They're grinding out like the two one or the one 0 They're scraping those victories. A ninetieth minute that goal. You need, yeah, that you need we to win the title. We saw last year with Man City so many times, like Southampton mm. drawing. That won the goal from goal. company against Leicester. Yeah, Man City did it all last season. They and just kept going and going. And Liverpool are already doing it, and it's so early in the season. Yes. Yeah. Some say it's a bit worrying that they're already sort of getting a 90 minute goals. But that's what makes a, a Premier League champion. Yeah. It's like how like United have done it for seasons under Fergie. Because they literally dubbed it Fergie time. Fergie time. It's the amount of goals. Sake. They scored in the last minute to get them the one 0 victory or get them two one three two victories was stupid. It was ridiculous. And they got even though they weren't it was, they were playing decent football, but it's just they got the one 0 victories that kind of racked up the three points each week to help them win the league. So they don't have to win. They don't have to play amazing each week, but they're just getting results. That's great. Yeah. By. They're just doing the basics. They're just getting goals, mm. getting at least two nil cushion. And just controlling the game. Right. Finish it right. So you don't think City will win the league? No. I think it's too many points now, especially when they've probably lost or all drawn. Yeah. And I think they're just more focused. Guardiola is more focused on the Champions League. He always went to Bayern Munich, Champions League, Barcelona, Champions League. It's It always seems focused on the... League first season and the other cups, and the second or third year, he's just focused on getting the Champions League glory. Yeah. But I'm just not convinced that they'll get it. I, I can't. The thing is, it would it would just be all luck who they get yeah. in the draw. There's <clears throat> there's not a lot of teams that I could see win Champions League at the moment. I think Juventus might be up there with Sarri. Yeah. I think they've improved. Uh, they haven't proved from last season. Inter Milan could could be Inter Milan could be another one. Could be a shocker. Um, 
Barcelona again. I mean, they didn't make the best of starts, but they Not are starting Messi to get results. Messi's yeah, back he's still team. injured. Um, he did, now he's back out again. Mm. They're trying to find a replacement for Suarez in talks. Yeah, says there was talks of Firmino, Harry Kane, and Mbappe. And the three players yeah. were looking at. They're even looking at Rashford. But they need a striker, not a winger. PSG, they're not even in contention. No, Neymar's out again. But I, I read something this week. Neymar, since signing for PSG, has missed 50% of the matches through injury. Well, weirdly, he's been, even though he's been playing a lot, he's, it's like he's purposely been waiting for like the last five minutes because three games in a row, he, he scored, scored the like winner. the last winning goal. Yeah, yeah he's like, he purposely has played rubbish all game. And then thought, okay, we'll, we'll turn it on now. Turn it on now, yeah. Because it's an easy lead. He's like, okay, we'll turn it on, get a goal. Fans will love me. Then I can leave in peace. Mm. Yeah, and I don't think, I can't think of any other teams that could do it. Real Madrid are far from it. Far, far from it. Man City could be up there. I think if they had, if they make a signing in January and Laporte comes back, they could do it. Yeah, they get I, the defence sorted out. I think Liverpool have to be up there as well. Yeah, they should be up there, but... Getting two finals in two years, so I think they should, will be up there. Well, if they do it this year, with three, no, three finals in a row. Yeah, but I'm saying they've done two finals in two yeah. years. Um, trying to think. Depends on how you see them going. Yeah. Bayern Munich, they could be up there, but then they beat you, but then they lost to Hoffenheim in the league. Three, yeah, three, like, was it three nil or something? Three one maybe. Yeah. I think. Like, how would you even go? Because they're in a weird transition phase themselves, because they've got rid of, they've sold Hummels back to Dortmund. Yeah. Boateng's coming towards the end of his career. Robin and Ribery have gone. Yeah, and they're bringing in Canabry. Don't know who he is. He's the old, old Arsenal star. Yeah, shut up. Um, then <laughs> Coutinho is on loan. And then they've got Coman, who's won literally every league in the world without playing that many games. But the problem with Coman is that he's had so many injuries on his ankle. And he said, he said publicly, if it happens again, he's thinking about just sacking off football. Really? Yeah, he's had so many injuries in his left ankle, it just keeps on happening. Like, goes for a few games, injured, he's out for months. He's just not, he just can't get past that injury. Sort of a bit like uh, Jermaine Genus. Mm. Sort of just, in, just can't get an injury. How about that? Jim read that, a lot of injuries. Yeah, so he's only 23, but he just keeps on sort of rupturing his ankle or something. He keeps, and keeps how on many doing trophies something. has he won? He's won loads, but he's hardly He's won the French League. Italian league in the German league. Yeah. I mean, they're hardly players. Hardly plays, but he's, he's been good them so far. But yeah, they're they're in a bit of a transition. They've got a very old back line. Neuer's sort of. I think Neuer's starting to lose it now. But did you hear what the um, Bayern Munich, I think it's director said, that if Hakim Lau, the German manager, drops Neuer for Testegen, yeah, he'll stop um, Bayern Munich players being in contention for the national squad. So he'll Black stop, now. that'll be Canabry, uh, Kimmich, yeah. and uh, Sula, I think the three main ones, being in contention for the um, German team. That's savage. I was like, well, Testegen's the better player than Neuer. Stegen's way moment. better anyway. Yeah, so. Neuer's really old. And he can, he's, lo- he's just consuming goals. He was good in his prime, but now. I mean, he was good under Guardiola because he was a sweeper keeper, and that's what. Guardiola likes, he likes to keep that, was really good with the ball at his feet, and I think he was the first keeper to do that. And then you saw the likes mm. of Edison and Allison come through. Yeah. And I think Neuer was the first. 
Yeah, I, he just makes some great saves. Yeah, but it doesn't help that he's got a very aged back four. Yeah, I mean Kimmich, I think he's very good. Yeah, Kimmich is good. He can play certain mid sometimes. I think. Mm. Alaba, I think, is coming towards the end of it. I think he, the same again, he wasn't as good as what he was under Guardiola. I think Sula could be decent, but he's a very slow centre back. Very slow, yeah. Boating, is Boating even playing anymore? I can't remember. Or has he gone? No, he still plays, but I don't think he's not as good as what he was for Guardiola as well. Yeah. So yeah, they're in a bit of a rope. So they yeah. are in a transition, and to be fair, to beat Tottenham when they're in transition, but Tottenham in transition themselves. But they beat him so convincingly. But it did look like when Canabri like Canabri just looked like he had legs yeah. for the last ten minutes, the Spurs just gave up. I was looking back at that game and I was thinking in some ways the goals that Bayern Munich scored is like It was so easy. It's like but that's like the that's like the perfect attack you could yeah. want. Every time they went in the front, corner, goal, yeah. corner, goal. They just aim for the corners. And they finish perfectly. When I look at Chelsea sometimes Hudson the door is free, one on one, and he sort of curves it into the goalie. Mm. And I look back and think, if that was Bayern Munich, they'd be scoring that. Yeah. They they could score so many goals by Munich because they just they just got really good prolific players. I sort of look at them and think, that is the perfect sort of attacking to finishing that you you'd, you'd compare to, sort of look to. And then Hudson Doyle goes and scores a banger for the under 21s, and I think, well, where's your banger at Chelsea? <laughs> he tries and he sometimes tries to curl it into the far right, but he just doesn't get enough curl there. The goalie often saves it. it. Yeah. And it's the same with Pedro when he's through. He does the same thing, just softly kicks it into the, into the goalie. So I always look at Bayern and think, oh, that would be perfect for sort of caliber of players that finish off. Charts are so easy. Mm. But yeah, going back to Champions League. What about Chelsea? No. No? No. What about court last last sixteen? You make it through the great group stage. Top of the group or seconds? Who have you got in your group? We've got Ajax now for the next two games and they're top nine points, three out of three. Yeah, but did you hear that when they face Benfica because of trouble? Um, they've banned fans for the Chelsea game. No. So I think it's like 2,000 Ajax fans. They've bought um, tickets. Obviously can't get in. Have bought for travel, bought for accommodation, bought yeah. tickets, but now can't watch the game because of they're being banned for causing trouble at the Benfica game. No. So the same week, it's Leighton Orient under 21s versus. Someone else, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, and they all go in there instead because they want to watch football. So they go yeah. watch and they're all turning up to a Leighton Orient. They bought all bought tickets for it. And they're going to go watch it. Two thousand Ajax fans. Oh, they're fucking crazy. That is nuts. Yeah, I think having not having the fans will affect them. Yeah, but yeah, they've got two out of two so far. Top of the group. Chelsea won, won one, lost one, three points, and we're now second or, or joint third in the group. So we've got Ajax twice now. So if we get a draw and a win, minimum, mm. then I think that would set us up. So I think you could get top of the group, but it, you, be it depends. I do, it all depends who you get in the draw. I think if you come up against a Barcelona, you're going to get smashed. Sometimes, weirdly, sometimes coming second in the group can actually benefit, yeah. depending on where. Because we're seeing now, you know, Real Madrid are struggling a bit. They might even come second in the group. 
we they might even get through that group. Yeah, we're seeing now a lot of a lot of the big teams sort of struggling. Like Liverpool, they lost one against Napoli. Mm. You could have you could have a scenario where you get Liverpool to come in second in the group. But to be fair, they did lose against Napoli in the last season. Yeah, they, and they did, went on yeah. to win it. So could Napoli be a contender? Could do. But have they oh, got? They have world class caliber. They have drawn the last two games. No, no, exactly. I don't, I just don't think Napoli could do it. <clears throat> I think Conte has transformed Inter Milan into the title challenging team over in Italy. They did lose to Juventus two one. Yeah. <clears throat> but they do look very solid. Whether they'll win the Champions League, not too sure. But it's hard to say. Yeah. Is the Champions League losing its star calibre of greatness? No. No? I mean, there's <clears throat> is, there's a lot of teams in transition, which doesn't yeah. help. I think Real Madrid are there because they lost Ronaldo. They've lost Bayern Munich in transition after yeah. losing Robin and well, Ribery because they come to the end of their career. Bayern Munich will be in that phase in a couple of years' time after they lose Messi. Yep. Um, then you've got Liverpool, who are doing well. Man City are doing well. Tottenham did well last season. I think it's just a point where English football has taken over other European countries. Yeah. Well, we've seen it with Europa League. Yeah. Last few seasons, was it? Man United won it. Chelsea won it. Yeah. And this year, I, I think the English team won it again. Arsenal look very good in it. Yeah, they're bree- they're breezing at the moment. Yeah. Wolves got potential. Just need to get out of the group stage. Yeah. I think Arsenal could go on to win the Europa League. I think oh, they yeah. have got a decent team and they've got players to come through which will help them get go even stronger. Only thing is if they keep playing well in the league, they might maybe yeah. lose focus in the Europa League. <clears throat> but they've got Lacazette coming back to the squad. Man United might just give up in the Premier League and just go for Europa League for that Champions League hey, football. They look like they've given up already. They could be the first team to play in the Championship and play Champions League football. Oh, mate, that does actually be crazy. But, like, did you see on, I think it was ESPN, they were looking at relegation battle yeah, in the yeah. Premier League and they put United they put in United there. On it. I was like, the disrespect. They put Bournemouth on it. I was like, yeah. Bournemouth there? They're doing well. I know. And they put, I think, West Ham in it as well. Yeah, they had like so they had like ten teams. Yeah, half 10 of teams. them shouldn't have been there. Yeah, mine like definitely should be there. <laughs> they're only two points off. But yeah, they're potentially potentially relegation bound. If you have, if they, if you no, if they drop into the bottom three, if do you reckon they'll be sacked? Solskjaer. No. Really? No. I reckon fans would be like, they turn around to the board and be like, what the fuck? We're in the bottom yeah. three. Sack him now. Get someone new in. Well. I'm not sure if I've heard right, but I've heard that the chairman Woodgate is sort of, sort of giving him time to yeah. to build a team. You can't just give him one window to build his team. He's still trying to, <coughs> like I said before, he's still trying to make make up for all them bad transfers over the years mm. that managers have brought in, like Moisey. Yeah. Moisey back in the day bringing all these players in. We've only just only just getting rid of those players that have been rubbish. Mourinho brought some in. Haven't been. Amazing either. I think Pogba needs to leave. I think every time Pogba plays, he's rubbish. Yeah. He did make an all right start against at the start West Ham. Of the against West Ham when he played, oh, he shit. lost the ball and they mm. scored from it like twice. They need to just sack. They need to get him. He met up with Zidane anyway when he was on holiday anyway. So he's going. I, I, he does. It does look like he wants to go to Real Madrid. But, but, not, the move will but if you were Zidane, 
and you saw his level of performances, yeah. would you think? Yeah. Oh yeah, I want him. I want him. The guy that loses to West Ham because and it's can't your fault. and can't be asked to track back and tackle and win the ball back after losing it. Yeah. It's the same with Ericsson. This is what I don't understand. Ericsson is not performing well for Spurs, and he wants to move out. If that was me, you'd be playing your socks off week in week out in order to prove yourself to the, the yeah. Sedan or Simeone or Valverde. Say. Oh yeah, I deserve a transfer to a big team. Look how well I'm playing. It's like Sun's Sun's there thinking, gee whiz, I'm playing amazing, and Ericsson's doing nothing. And he's yeah. going to go Real Madrid. But they're going to start on Tottenham anyway. Too late in the podcast. <laughs> right, moving on to England. Talked about it earlier. Beat Bulgaria. Uh, was it six now? Six now on the end. Um, the game I think was overshadowed by horrific racial chance. Yeah. Um, there was that big gang. Of it was neo-Nazis, wasn't it? They were like all hooded up with like their scarves over their head, the yeah, hoodies over their heads, over the face. Like they were saying, they did cow quite a lot in the half-time break, and then in the second half there was less. Yeah, it but didn't hear as much second half, but it was still there was still monkey chance. There was still monkey chance, yeah. And I think that's fucking disgraceful. Every right time Stone was in the ball, we hear the booing. It was yeah, it was terrible. Because I remember watching the second goal. And I think it was when Sterling played it across. As soon as he had the ball, you heard boos and jeers. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What has he actually done? Bulgaria have already been known for their bad sort yeah. of reputation. Because that's why there was only like 5,000 fans let in the stadium. Because of racist chants in other games. Now, I've got a question for you. What I think for racism, mm. what I think they should do is, after games like this, when it's been so bad, they should either disqualify Bulgaria from yeah. competing yep. for so many years yep. <clears throat> or before they do that they just ban all their fans so they play at home only let England fans in mm. they ban all their fans for all their games for a year or two or you just go to the extreme and say you're out of New Euros you're out of the World Cup and just do that do eight years eight year ban or four year ban for the competitions the thing like because otherwise you're just giving them a little slap on the wrist this, this warning thing yeah. it, it worked well England players wanted to carry on but you can't say that for every team and England England players are probably they're sort of used to the Premier League is it's, it's amazing but there are you know rough chants yeah. there's still rough chants in the Premier League racism is, is everywhere Yeah. and I think you know other teams might have not reacted well I think it's a bit <coughs> rubbish if you paid all this money to go to Bulgaria. Yeah. To then watch your team walk off after ten minutes. But even though you know it is racism and it's mm. wrong, because I think it sucks equally. Mm. And like, would you refund the tickets? How yeah, is it? Yeah. I don't think it resolves it if you just keep walking off at the time. It makes a stand. I understand what players would do it, but I think you just need to do a harsh action and just just start banning the club. Yeah, because I'm in two minds about it. Like, I think England reacted incredibly well. Yeah. I think, obviously, reporting it and then waiting for a verdict. And I think they were so So honourable and professional in it to then say, no, we want to play on, we want to smash them as much as we can. I'm glad they did. Yeah, it's really good to see and proud to see them go out there and, like, despite the racist chance, we're going to go out. Tear your team apart for fun. Yeah. And score so many goals and create so many chances. 
but at the same time I can't, I'm kind of in if you actually want to stop it as soon as the first chance were there you should have been like right we're walking off yeah it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one but There's I'm in line, the mindset if you want to affect it you've got to affect the money and that's when the decisions will get made yeah I've also heard that they might think or people are thinking about maybe you should you know, you know ban Bulgaria from, from Euros, qualifying yeah. they can still play matches yeah like if they play against England, if they get a draw, they don't get points for it. Yeah. England get a point, but Bulgaria don't. Mm. Maybe just little steps like that. But it's 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 one of them it's one of them things where if you keep playing it softly, it's nothing's yeah. gonna nothing's gonna change. They do need um as much as they probably won't want to see it, but I think they do have to make an example out of Bulgaria and in order matter. to set that standard. Doesn't matter if it's one person, ten people. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many it is. It just has to be stops. Because I remember I heard I was reading something. The captain said, I think it was the captain said at the end of the game or in an interview. He was by the fence, wasn't he? Yeah, because he was by the fence trying to stop them. And obviously England players said thank you for doing that or thank you for your efforts, even though it did help in some aspect. Mm. But they were saying that neo-Nazi party, they pre they organised that to do that because they wanted to make a statement in Bulgaria. Well, yeah, they'd have the hoodies and everything. Yeah, the it? hoodies, they were shot, they no showed respect. t-shirts saying no respect in UEFA, Nazi salutes. I think they should all be banned for life. That's one aspect. They four, sh- four of them have been banned for two years. They'd be banned for life. That was me. Banned yeah. for life, you're not coming to see another football game. I don't care if you're 80 years old, you're still not coming in. Yeah. You're banned for life, you can watch it on the TV at home. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I'm thinking... Yes, Bulgaria should be kicked out of the qualifiers, and they should be banned maybe up to ten years. Yeah. Problem is, they're they're a rubbish team. Yeah. And they they ain't qualifying for anything anyway. No. So that sort of ban might not even affect them. Yeah. But it might scale for other teams. I think that thing it will just set an example. Yeah. So I think maybe banning them from the um kind of competing in competitions for ten years that's one way to go. Yeah. Um. But we have seen the head of their f- football organization or football association resign. The head coach has now resigned. Yeah, he's gone. But because I'm, and then but when they announced the head of the FA had resigned, because I text you saying there was reports of um, police special forces raiding the mm-hmm. FA building. Like, is there something like a deeper political issue yeah. going on for the police to storm the building? After he's resigned, is there like a deeper political yeah. issue going on? It seems like they just don't want to be in this sort of known for this racism. Yeah, because you, he's always going to be known. The manager is, even though he said it, he's not left because of the racism and all that. Yeah. He's always going to be known. He's now always going to be known for it as the manager that accused England of overplaying this racism. Yeah, and being disrespectful if they walk off against the Czech Republic, and then they come to Bulgaria, and it is so racist. Yeah. That now he is literally looked at and thought, I'm finished now. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to leave because this is just going to stick. Because you said he's left due to poor results, but I reckon there was pressure of him to resign as well. And there's for him, I don't think there's an, like there's no way he could have a career back in football. No, unless Bulgaria, he was in Bulgarian league. Yeah, Bulgaria aren't a top international team. They're not. Then I don't think they've been in the World Cup of the Euros in a while. The only Bulgarian player that I know of, Berbatov. Yeah. He, he, he's gone now. Yeah. So now that Berbatov's retired, so should you, Bulgaria. Yeah. 
It just comes <coughs> to that stage now where they just need to be dealt with. I think they need to set an example out of them to prove a point to the rest of the world that there's literally zero tolerance. Yeah, and the same with the Nations League, just banned from qualifying out of that. Yeah, like I think that. all competitions, Euro, yeah. Nations League, World Cup. You just get an automatic 3-0 win, like we're yeah. seeing with Bolton, like we're seeing with, uh, with Barry at the moment, because they're not a football team anymore, you yeah. just get that automatic 3-0 win. But looking at the Czech game, where England, I think it was a really good response from England, considering of the poor performance against Czech Republic, because they weren't good at all, there was no creative flow, Declan Rice was... He, his passes were all over the place yeah. and I think like I said earlier Harry Winks is the better passer and I think in that performance against Bulgaria he's proven to Southgate that he is probably England's best choice at a holding midfielder I in think, terms of getting the ball off the back four taking yeah. it forward and creating chart or starting off the attacks I think yeah. he's the guy for it I think Czech Republic they wanted it more yeah. they had looked to the group table they'd seen that you know we can actually get your points with, yeah. with England here. They won a bit more, they made they made the most of their chances. England was sloppy at the back. Mm. One of the goals come from pick throwing it out and we lost possession. Yeah. They go to score from it. And I think it's important that we don't get carried away from our performances at the last World Cup. Yeah. But yeah, okay, we got to the semi final. Could have easily gone to the final. Yeah. We could have won. We could have lost. But it's important that it's still a young team. Mm. We shouldn't get carried away and think, okay, yeah we're easily going to win the Euros because as we saw against Czech Republic well, there's we're still, still a lot to improve we're still sloppy at the back going forward we are great on our day yeah but sometimes when we go a goal down it, it is all it about the us. first it's all about that important reaction if we don't get that goal back yeah straight away then it's it's different we, you know we've got an early penalty took the lead then we conceded I mean just never really looked like scoring again I think Sterling did have that good one-on-one chance. To me, maybe should have shot the first time, mm. tried to go around the keeper. It was a good save, but it's sort of a bit... Yeah, because I think at the back, Michael Keane, I think he's going to look to drop in for Mings, because I think he is very solid, and he did deserve his England call-up. I think the problem is with Pickford, there's no real competition for him. Yeah. Like, you have uh, Tom Heaton, but he dropped out. Ian Henderson as well. From Sheffield United. Mm. Can he, will he provide much competition for him? I mean, you've got Angus Gunn from Southampton. We need English goalkeepers to come back. Yeah. We're missing that sort of prime Joe Hart. What? We're missing the prime Joe Hart. Mm. Like, because he, uh, yeah, he was, there was, he he was, was good right. on his day. He was a decent keeper on his day, and he can make some fabulous saves. But He was a tremendous ringman, but he no. was actually, I'd probably rate him better than Pickford. Would you? I think I would, yeah. Mm. Pickford's got, uh, he's still got mistakes in him. Yeah, like that like goal against Liverpool. At, yeah, when he, was, when he was back at Sunderland, he still had the mistakes. Mm. He's gone to a big club at Everton. But we've seen with Everton, spend all 100 mil two years in a row, and they've had a poor start two years in a row. Because I've said this about Everton, is they've never replaced Lukaku in a 20-plus goal striker. No. Like they've brought Calvert-Lewin in, and Moussa King. But they're not 20 plus goals in the league alone this season. Their defence isn't. Their defence isn't as great as what it was. They're missing Zuma. Missing the time when they had Baines at the back. They're probably best left back. Yeah, but Dinya is a very solid left back. Yeah. But I just think there's other aspects. Like Seamus Coleman's coming towards the end of his career. Yeah. You've got Michael Keane, who's 
He just needs someone to. He needs a better defender next to him to make him better. Maybe with. I think maybe Leicester could have a could have a bit of Dino. If if Chilwell leaves. If Chilwell leaves, yeah, it could I be a decent replacement. Burnley's Tarkovsky. He could be a. Decent. He could be a solid signing. Before Leicester or um, Everton. Mm. But I, I need someone like that. But Leicester, right? That Suncho is quality. Yeah, he's good. I I think he's brilliant. Lord Farquhar for Leicester. He is so like I remember watching him and he's so confident on the ball, the ball at his feet, so good at playing. Like look, we I remember saying we both said that not replacing Maguire was, was terrible. A, yeah. yeah, was such a stupid decision. But Suncho has been brilliant. This guy for him. under the radar. Yeah, because he was brought under Claude Puel. Not yeah. a lot of hype around him. And I think he's he pretty much spent a year playing for the reserves and the twenty three, and then this year he's just he's been one of their best players. He's just a solid centre back. He just does the basics. He just yeah. hoops it with his head. He just clears it down the line. He doesn't take any any nonsense. He just boots it. It's gone. He's very good at playing the ball out the back, and he's very confident with his feet. Because there is times where he's just chipping it over players from yeah. out the back. He's so comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's such a He's a very much a modern-day centre-back. He's not afraid to just to smack it down the yeah. pitch. We see so many centre-backs trying to pass it out, and they lose the ball to the high press. Like, look, yeah, look if at he's Arsenal. He's in danger. He'll boot it, and mm. I think they've they've scored it sometimes as well. Yeah, because I think who it was one of Vardy's goals. There's literally just a long direct ball from Chilwell. Yeah, it was just. But I got points for it because he he was on the team. Chilwell assist. Um, yeah, so. So going to back to England centre backs, I think he'll drop Keane and start playing Mings. Yeah, I think he likes Maguire, but I think maybe in a year or two he'll bring in Joe Gomez to replace Maguire. Yeah, because I think I, at the same time Klopp may bring in Joe Gomez to replace Matip. Yeah, maybe. And that Matip's been really solid. He has been. He's been very good, and he signed a new contract till twenty twenty four. I watched watched the uh, match of the day the other week mm. and. They've been always talking about Van Dyke, but actually they pinpointed Matip and the passes he did. Henson kept pointing at him saying, oh, pass it next to you, mm. pass it left, pass it right. He was actually, no, I'm going to pass it through the gap, yeah. gets it to Firmino, and they go and score from it. We saw that many times in that game they played. Mm. I can't remember who it was against, but Matip, I think this year he's actually perked up a bit. He lost his first team place, first couple of games to Gomez, but he has improved. He's by improved. That. I think he's a he's a good solid centre back that we need. He's tall. Mm. He win headers. I think him and Dan Van Dijk have, they've got a good partnership. They've got a really good partnership. The perfect partnership would be Lit, because they're Dutch. Dutch Dutch centre back. But he hasn't been amazing for Juventus. No. I think it's the style of play. Yeah. But he does suit the style of play for Seraphim because it's very possession based and that's what he played for Ajax. But I think he's just coming up against better attackers. Yeah. Because week in, week out, he's not facing much. No, not like, in, He was, like, the, the only Dutch challenge league. for him was the Champions League. Dutch but league still then, Ajax were conceding quite a lot of goals. Yeah. Dutch League, he's playing against Lewis Baker. Yeah. So, like, he's not going to be facing decent opposition. Um, and I think, he, but he is still very, he's still, like, 19 years old. Yeah. So I think he is going to gain experience. By facing better um, attackers, and to be fair, he's playing again. He's playing alongside Chiellini and Benucci, 
to yeah. uh, get, to some of the best centre backs. Insane experience. Yeah, and he's on national level, he's with Van Dijk each week, so he's learning from quite a good bunch of centre backs. Van Dijk will get in his head and say, "No, he won't." Because I, I, I remember mentioning it before. It's he's using Juventus as a stepping stone for a next move, which is in Mino Raiola's head as just another agent fee payout. Has to be a Premier League team there now. I times, don't, times are changing, but I don't know because there'll be that trans because like it's phases. Like because yeah. I think we're coming into an end of an era with Ribery, Robin going, Ronaldo is starting to play less. Is picking up more in or is starting to play less games mm, for Juventus. And Messi, Messi's picking up more interest. I do think it's coming to an end of an era, but then you know it's now the start of the next era with English. Like, is it going to be young English players that take over with likes of Sterling, yeah, Sancho? Um, will they come through? And I think that then we'll see another transition because I think at the end of there, you know, all these big European teams will start like so Real Madrid, Barcelona, they'll start raiding the Premier League for its talent. Yeah, they always do the same thing, don't they? Yeah. They have a target. It's like is it Real Madrid target Spurs, Barcelona target Liverpool. Mm. Um, Real Madrid and Barcelona switch between Chelsea sometimes. Man United sometimes. Yeah, because I think they'll start to raid the Premier League with its talent in, in order to improve. It always seems yeah. to be that same link with Barcelona, Coutinho, yeah. Suarez. Because David Daniel Levy, he there was when they sold Bale, mm. there was talks of um, Tottenham and Real Madrid linking up um, to be like a partner club, so that Real Madrid would take all of the best Tottenham talent, and then we'd get a load of youngsters on loan. And I was like, well, thanks for hampering us. <laughs> But obviously, Levy knowing best in the group of it. Yeah. Have you heard the story of um, when Levy signed Modric from Dynazo, Dynamo Zagreb? No. So the agreed fee was £25 million. Pounds. Right. And um, when. But the Dynamo Zagreb director or like chief said, once the sign has gone through, please can you send us um, 10 Tottenham shirts with Modric's name and number on the back? He said, yeah, sure, that's fine. So the invoice from Dino Zagre comes into Spurs and it says £25 million. Daniel Levy amended the invoice and sent it back. Um, amended the invoice, £24.9 million, £9.99 million pounds plus 10 Tottenham shirts with Modric. He deducted the value of the 10 Tottenham shirts with Modric's names on the back of the invoice and it was paid. And that was paid. They actually paid it. I was like... Daniel Levy is Congrats. one of the best negotiators Stingy. in the world. He's brilliant. Would Quality. You, would you have Bale back if you potentially lose Ericsson? No. We do a swap deal, Bale for Ericsson. No, because we want to afford his wages. Bale wants Bale's is Bale's been a weird one. He mm. wanted to he wanted to leave. Now he's been brought back in the first team. He wants to stay. But now again, he's been he's been taking up the Champions League squad. Mm. Has he actually been checking out the Champions League squad? He wasn't. He wasn't included, was he? He wasn't included. Neither was Jovic, was it? No, Jovic has not played either. No. They need to just play him because Benzema, he does the job sometimes, but yeah. he didn't play Jovic. Jovic scored the goals. Because they, they still play Lucas Vazquez and a lot of Real Madrid fans. Yeah. Like, Why is he playing? <laughs> Why are you playing him? Yes. Get Jovic on. Get all the good players that can spend money on. Because mm. that's the thing, like, I don't want. The issue is, I'd love Bale to come back. Like he was fantastic for Spurs, and I'd, if he come back, I'd love him to 
find that form again. However, he would be wanting 300 to 400 grand a week yeah. wages. And I'd rather see those wages go into players that deserve it. Yeah, like you get two, three players. I'd like wages. to see that go to Son to reward him for his good performances. Obviously, we give him Mora a new contract. Um, I don't think I'd like to see Ericsson give that contract because he yeah. wants to leave. He's not performing well. I think the same with Alderweireld for Tong, and they're coming towards the end. But I think in order to, like to get new decent players in, youngsters like Dybala that we've been been linked with, and other players that we've also been linked with, I'd like to see them be given them that money in order to come into the squad. Yeah, Dybala would be good science as well. Yeah, I'm hoping they go back in January. There was like much Pochettino did say this week there was like zero <coughs> chance of Tottenham transfer activity in January, but I'm thinking. Please you might be just false. be saying that just to get the players a bit more motivated. Yeah, I'm like, please be false. <laughs> I'd I think, love Dybala to come. I think Sun deserves a new contract after that whole malarkey with possibly going back to the army and all of that. Oh, yeah, managed if to didn't win, win Asian Games. If he didn't win in that Asian Games, he'd be a good the army two years. I know, we'd have missed him so much. Imagine if That's we miss nice. him, then it's like Harry Kane who can score but it's not getting chances. Mora, yeah. who's not been as great this season, but if he was given more appearances, I'm sure he would. Imagine that. Imagine having Sutton, star player one season, goes to the army. Oh, Imagine no. if he turns into like a South Korean Rambo. I don't want to say it, but he, he goes away and, and possibly dies in the army. You'd be like, my star oh. player's gone. <laughs> yeah, you. Daniel Levy would invoice yeah. the South Korean army and be like, where's the money then? Where's the money for Sun? Yeah, where's the money for Sun? Where's the 100 mil? Yeah. Where is he? That, yeah, that's, that's that, that, that could have been a real, real possibility because all that career stuff. Okay. I know, but it's luckily you won. North Korea. But yeah, going back to um, we had a little tangent. Yeah, we always have tangents. We always have tangents. We have ridiculous tangents. I think it's good though. Gives gives people. Yeah, we can stretch it out and get more money for it. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> the three yeah. sections we said is is Pochettino's times up, which we kind of covered. We've gone from talking about Joe Gomez to talking about the lit. to talking about Son dying in South Korea. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's tangents and there's tangents. So, to recap, before we leave you guys, is Poch's time's up at the Tottenham? Yes or no? Not yet. I'm kind of in agreement. A few weeks ago, I wanted Mourinho. Yeah, you don't want Mourinho. <laughs> but then I'm thinking, if he does, like, there's money available. Right, we are in transition. He's got to get rid of some players, bring in new ones, stick with Poch. I think Mourinho's only going to go... He's either going to go to MLS, <coughs> go, go play for... David Beckham's new team. Like David Beckham's new team? Like Miami, new Miami team or something. Play for David Beckham's new team. Or manage. <laughs> manage his new team. Or he'll go to Real Madrid. He's got his eyes set in the Real Madrid job. Yeah, I, I think, think his yes. time in Premier League's gone. It's, it's like gone now. He said before like he'll only take a job on if he knows he's going to win it. Or win something. Yeah. Like I think Premier League is outdated. Maybe. I still think he can do a job. Anyway, right. So yeah. If he brings in players, back him. I think if he, if the board back him and the players back him, we'll get rid of the players that don't want to be there. Players have to refine their form yep. and bring in new players to freshen the squad up. Right, second point. Have Man City dropped too many points? Yep. Uh, I don't agree with you because I need pretty Liverpool. I said, yeah, yes, I do think they have, and they're going to drop more soon. And our third point was recapping England. Yeah. Disgusting race. Uh, disgusting racists and Harry Winks is England saving grace. You mean Mason Mount? 
England, no, Harry, Harry Winks, because he changed, he changed a lot of the game. You know, they lost without him, now they've won 6-0 with him, so he changed the game. I mean, Markley, who can play below par and get two goals. Markley's wank, honestly. <laughs> right, that's it for this week, guys. You know the drill by now, we've banged on about it for too long. Let us know how we're getting on, leave a comment in down below, and leave a review if you like. Give us five stars, because we are freaking wicked now these days. And if you want to keep up to date with all the latest football news in and around the football world, where do they follow? Follow us on our Twitter and, and Instagram. What's the app? Uh, it's is it? Oh, it's something like football. You're, football. You're, you're, you let me down here. It's Football Gossip Podcast, but you've you've spelt it like P G football. No. G G P football. No. Football P G. No. Football. <laughs> no. G P. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's at punt. Podcast underscore FG. That's the one, you know. I was close. <laughs> you were nowhere near. <laughs> right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Cheers.